And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you so much for being a part of another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. I'm Cam Edwards, sitting at the kitchen table once again, joined by the lovely and talented Miss E. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am uh, I'm good. I'm stuffed with sausage. Sausage that we made this weekend. Italian sausage. Yep. Tonight's dinner was... Um some of the last of the paste tomatoes from the garden, so not enough to make a sauce out of. So I just chopped them up and threw them in the saucepan with a little jar of tomatoes and threw in some herbs and spices. But yeah, Italian sausage and farfalle. So we're going to talk about making sausage. Yes, I made a sausage fest joke uh, on uh, NRA News Cam and Company uh, earlier this week as we were talking about making sausage. So it was a literal sausage fest uh, in our house this weekend. Yeah, it was like... 42 pounds of sausage and six pounds of just ground pork. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of meat. And that was about half of the uh, the meat that we have. Uh, also underneath the table hanging out is uh, Bullet, the uh, wonder dog, who's actually, doing something, getting in trouble. That might actually... Oh, that one, that's our, our other little dog, Ruffy. Who's, yeah. Uh, He's eating around the goat food because <laughs> I had to mix up a, a fresh batch of mix and it's sweet feed, black oil sunflower seeds whole corn and timothy alfalfa pellets and so i mix it all up in a bucket so that i can measure it out to feed the goats and uh he will lurk and so if i drop any of that on the ground he'll just go ahead and clean the floor for me the next day he's a scavenger he's like he's he's and he didn't even learn from bear grills uh unlike our president (laughs) who you know we used to have presidents who would go fly fishing now we have presidents who just scavenge half-eaten fish from bears that's and this is progress I, I have no idea. Oh, you didn't hear the story about no. uh, Barack Obama when he was in Alaska? He did a episode of Man vs. Wild with Bear Grylls, you know, and learned to survive in the wild. So he had a uh, half-eaten uh, salmon that a bear had apparently dropped. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I think fly fishing is cooler. How many uh, Secret Service guys were out there helping him survive <laughs> in the wild, by the way? I'm sure a lot. Yeah. I'm sure a lot. At least he wasn't, you know, he didn't have to go through the bear scat looking for, like, you know, undigested berries. So it could have been worse. That's that, pretty uh, hardcore. Yeah. Meanwhile, Putin, he's, like, riding a bear over to a stream and then, like, reaching down, scooping up his uh, salmon with his bare hands and, you know, just argh, eating it raw. He would, too. I know. Bear is the symbol of Russia. <laughs> So we'll be talking more about making sausage uh, on the uh, program this week. Uh, we, uh, you know, we mentioned the um, uh, the goats and the goat feed. We we moved the goats this weekend, uh, this past weekend. It was a Labor Day weekend. You know, we had three days. So we had a lot to do and a lot of labor to do. We were definitely laboring, and uh, so we we moved the goats from uh, an area, sort of a glade of trees, uh, back behind the house uh, into the front yard. Of the house. And part of the reason for this is we are now in week five of not having a lawnmower. And, uh, well, lawn tractor, yes. We have the push mowers. We have a lot of lawn to mow. And, uh, yeah. And when it's, when it's me, (laughs) when it's all, when it's, when it's, you know, more of us, when we have, you know, enough people who are using the lawn tractor or the lawn mowers, because we have three now that we've accumulated over the years that are push mowers. And when all three of us are out there, 
uh, it's still probably a three to four hour job, but it can be done. But the problem is we've time not been able to get that done right. And then time, and you were traveling, and I work from you know I work from home all day, so it's not like I can do it during the day. So yeah, it just sort of. And, and then we left places to go, and they are really gone right now. So so we moved the goats to the front yard. Yes. <laughs> Did you notice that they're almost finished that bush? Oh no! I didn't see that. Wow! I, already today, I was very, very surprised. I look over and they're like legs into it, like they're just all into the bush. So we have this is, huge bush that has just grown out of control. That's in the front yard. Well, it's not even that the bush itself has grown out of control. The bush is being choked up by the vines that have been growing out over control. So it was. I was just going to cut it all down to the ground anyway and try to find where the vines are and pull it out and let it start over again. So this way I'm letting the goats do my job for me. Yeah, they're also uh, eating up all of the uh, little locust uh, shoots from the locust trees, uh, which is nice. They're eating the grass. The uh, Lola the lamb loves all the fresh grass. So, yeah, they're they're happy. They're a little weirded out. By the cars and the uh, traffic noise. Yeah, because they're a little bit closer to the road now. And, uh, and so it, it has not been the easiest of transitions. Uh, they're also now line of sight with our pigs. Uh, and this has led to some problems this week, actually. The, uh, uh, the, the, the pigs uh, did not like the fact that the goats were up uh, where they could see them. And uh, from what I understand, there were some, some tensions. Uh, the pigs were calling the goats linos, livestock in name only. And uh, there was, you know, they were the true uh, members of the, uh, the farm community. They were the, the true farm animals, and it was... It was it was it was problematic, and then the uh, the chickens got involved, and they were saying no 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 because we were here first, so oh, we are the true farm animals. They were here on our farm first, right? But then the Bob and Chip. then the goats and the chickens just started. Or the goats and the pigs started calling the uh, the chickens cluckservatives, and it was just oh, it was awful. It's just been a big barnyard mess this week. So uh, I'm I'm hoping that I can you know settle things down, that I can <laughs> call uh, the three legs of our of our farm stool together, and you know. Get everybody to play nice. If it works uh, here on the farm, I'll let you know if anything might be applicable to the uh, general crappiness uh, with which conservatives are treating each other these days. I don't know if there are any larger lessons to be applied, but uh, yeah, the the cluckservatives. Yeah. They're good layers, though, I'll tell you that. They're uh, getting four a day, right? Sometimes I get five a day, and that's how many hens I have because the fox and the coyotes have managed to eat them. Oh, my goodness. So this week... We have the chick- the chickens have gone from being free range to being penned in in the tunnel, right? And then they have a, tu- a tunnel that's forty four feet long, so they can go back and forth in this tunnel. And it's two by four uh, fencing, the, that uh, welded wire fencing, mm-hmm. so it's very sturdy. And so I hear the chicken car alarm go off, that chicken sound <laughs> when there's something in the yard they don't like. And I look out of my office window, and there's that fox. And he's like around the pen, and then I see it run away, but it's trying to chase a chicken in the tunnel. And the chicken is just running back and forth in the tunnel, trying to run away from this fox that can't get it. And it was distracted enough that I managed to get out there and get a shot at it. But I, it just took off. It, those things are so fast, and there's so many parts of the garden that they could run off into. So, yeah. It'll be back. Oh, it will be back. That's for sure. <laughs> he keeps trying to get into that pen. It hasn't changed. And he's still just running around the sides and hasn't tried to dig under it. Hasn't tried to do anything to it. But it was just funny looking out the window and seeing this fox run back and forth in the tunnel chasing this chicken. Or outside of the tunnel chasing this chicken that's in a tunnel. Like, 
it's not happening, dude. Yeah, and the poor chicken. I mean, it, oh, I'm sure it doesn't out. understand. No. You know, they don't even. Okay, they're so. stupid. It's like being in a shark cage, but they're, right? They're so stupid, though, that they're trying to get through the fence when they see me at dinner time. Okay. They're trying to get their. They're trying to get through the fence at me. They're in it all day, but when they see me, it's like, oh, it's dinner. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they're thick. The black, the barred rocks are the worst. And every day, they know that the food comes from above, but yes. it doesn't matter. They're still trying to get through the fence. <laughs> and that last chick that we had, because we had two chicks that hatched out on the farm, yeah, and two of them got eaten by the fox. Yeah, I had high hopes for that last one. Mm-hmm. It's looking roosterish. Oh, the, the the saddle feathers are really pointy. It's got a much longer legs. It's it's definitely looking like more of a rooster. So we're gonna just let him get a little bit bigger, and then he's gonna go to rooster camp in the freezer. Hey, rooster, I have rooster pot pie. I have already have two roosters and only five. Hens. I I'm well aware. Now, we're tr- we're we trading. are doing a swap. Yeah, we're gonna trade. Our friends have too many hens and no rooster. This is a great deal, by the way. So yeah, they're getting a two year old Buff Warpington. Huge deal. Big, big dude. Deal. And he's in really good health, but he's the beta rooster, so he's really not getting anything. Yeah, Bob. Bob, poor Bob. Uh, so they're trading us four of their hens that are just about ready to lay uh, for one of our roosters. Yeah, and ordinarily, you know, roosters really aren't. Anything nobody, special. Right, nobody so wants I'm, roosters. They get turned into food if you have too many roosters. Yeah, so one rooster for four hens? Yeah. Hey. That's a good trade. It is a good trade. And that leaves us, once we eat the other one, that leaves us with just Chip. Yeah, the so, uh, the alpha. Fine. Yeah, but he's been with us from only... From the beginning. From the beginning. He's from the original box of chickens that we got when we first moved here. He was the one exotic... Exotic chick with chick my free with got. order. Right. Yeah, he was the free with order. Now, Bob was one of like five boys. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Chip was the free... And he's lasted the longest. I didn't even pick him out. But he's a uh, an Americana. Yeah, Bob, as you said, is the uh, Buff Warbington. He was the he was the lieutenant for the original Alpha yep. uh, J. And this was Jay and Silent Bob. And because the two of them always hung out together. And Bob never crowed. No. And when he did, we actually named crow. We actually named Bob first, Silent yep. Bob. And then we were like, well, if he's Silent Bob, then and he's got to be Jay. And he was a big jerk. So it made sense. Jay the jerk. Yeah, oh, yeah. He was He, he was, was awful. Big <laughs> he was I mean, awful. He was, he was a blank of a rooster. Yeah. Yeah. And then mysterious. Still not really sure what happened. But I, Well, uh, our oldest son uh, was out in the garden and found him lying there but i think what must have happened was the foxes always come up and grab them by the neck and break their necks Mm. and it probably grabbed it and got interrupted by the sun walking down into the garden and dropped the he said it looked like it was asleep but it probably just yeah like but see i was there i went down i was the one who picked it up and there were no stray feathers or anything like it did not look i to this day this is an unsolved uh mystery on the farm Maybe he scared himself. We need to get the uh, the mystery machine here. Scooby and Shaggy and Velma, they'll figure it out. We'll need, we'll need the like the barnyard equivalents. <laughs> I think there was a was there was there a, there was a Bob Odenkirk back to the barnyard. Remember that one with the talking cow? They, they oh would, yeah, they would have solved things. So we'll, we'll have them come out. <laughs> All right, why don't we take a, a quick time out? Uh, it's probably time. No, the kids get another half hour before. Uh, it's time to turn off the television set, but we'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll, uh, I, you know, I was going to make another bad sausage fest joke, but I'm not going to do that. But we will talk about making <laughs> breakfast sausage and bratwurst and kielbasa and Italian sausage because we're going to be doing it again, even though we did it last weekend. Stick around. There is much more 40 acres in a fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up right after this. 
40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So when someone shows you their right hand or they shake your right hand, it has to do with showing that they're not a threat. This can be taken back all the way to uh, Ehud in the Book of Judges, who assassinated the Moabite king Eglon. He was left-handed, and therefore he was able to hide a short sword on his right thigh. They didn't check that thigh when he went to see the king, and so left-handedness has been considered, and of the left, of course, has been considered sort of sinister, which in Latin literally means left. Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio... 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks so much for being a part of this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. My name is Cam Edwards, and uh, since we are getting closer, I I suppose I should just go ahead and mention uh, Jim Garrity of National Review and myself have a book coming out October 27th. It is available for pre-order now at Amazon. BarnesandNoble.com and all the uh, other major booksellers. It is called Heavy Lifting, uh, Grow Up, Get a Job, Get Married, and Other Manly Advice. It is uh, uh, a, a, a labor of love that Jim and I have been working on for the past six months or so, and i uh, really excited that it's coming out. Um, you've had a chance to read a couple of the chapters, right, Missy? Just a couple of yours, yeah. Yeah, I want you to actually read. I, I, I kind of want to give you a hardcover copy and say... Here, read it. Well, you've sent PDFs to other people. I haven't gotten one. I know, I know. Yeah. That's because I want. I I well, kind of want to hand you the book. Uh, then I guess I'll just wait till then. I uh, there'll be we'll be getting copies here soon. Okay, I was I gonna think, say I, how many should we order? Um, I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. But uh, uh, we can cut down on the number of books that we have to order by our friends and family and you know listeners pre-ordering the book even because when you pre-order the book. It counts towards the first week's sales, and so it, you know, if we have really strong pre-orders, then we could be on the New York Times bestseller list, or the Washington Post.com bestseller list, or the BarnesandNoble.com bestseller list, or Amazon, and that would be really, really good. It as would be uh, really nice. you know, so so anyway, there's the uh, the gratuitous plug for heavy lifting uh, by Jim Garrity and myself, and uh, and now let's talk about uh, another joint project. Um, Although, again, I'll say you took the lead on this one. Uh, making sausage. <laughs> well, yes, I did. Hey, I, I helped chop. You you did. I helped, uh, you know, you, prepare everything. I was a sous chef for you. You were a sous something. Yeah, you did a couple. You had a little <laughs> bit of chopping. Uh, yeah, we had... Uh, I made... Let's see, about 10 pounds of breakfast sausage, 10 pounds of Italian sausage, 12 pounds of kielbasa, 10 pounds of bratwurst, and we still had 6 pounds of ground pork left over that's undone. So I could use it to make um, spring rolls or meatloaf mixed up with ground beef or something like that. So it's just nice to have ground pork. But yeah, we have all of that. And I still have to get the kielbasa into casings. But I was researching, and the last time I made kielbasa, I made fresh kielbasa. And it's just, you cook it. You know, you make it, you freeze it, you cook it like bratwurst Italian sausage. Well, I want to make the kibasi of my childhood. Now you need this, ah, sound in the background. <laughs> I, uh, do that one more time. Ah. No, no, no. The kibasi, I'll do the, ah. Oh, I want to make the kibasi of my childhood. Ah. 
There you go. Uh, and it's from this place up in Al- uh, Dixon City. It's outside of Oliphant, Pennsylvania, up in the Scranton Wilkes Bar area. And it was this butcher that my great grandparents went to, my grandparents went to, and then my parents went to when they would go visit with my their people. Mm-hmm. My great aunt still lives up there. Was his name Sam? I don't remember. I remember Hladluks. No, that wasn't it. Hladluk was my great grandmother's maiden name. There was a, a a similarly named Five and Dime that we would go to that had the grouchiest old man there, and we would get you know Swedish fish and and balsa wood airplanes every time we'd visit. They'd send us off with quarters. We'd go shopping for ourselves, which probably would have gotten all of my relatives thrown into jail, given how old we were at the time. But this was okay to do in this little town of right. Elephant. Um, anyway, it's this garlicky, dark, smoked kielbasa that we used to always have at least a ring of cooked and sliced thin and served with my great-uncle or grandfather's homemade uh, horseradish sauce, which they grew the horseradish roots and the beets, and they ground them together. One tiny little bit of this stuff on your tongue and your sinuses were going to be cleared out for like the rest of the month. It's so <laughs> insane. But it was so good with kielbasa and crackers. And it was like there was always hors d'oeuvres at my grandmother's house or my great-aunt's house with dinner. And there was always cheese, kielbasa, crackers, the horseradish, and some sort of pickle plate. That's really cool. And what's so cool is like that is so different from my family growing up, which was also you know pretty close and really big, but we were Southern. Yeah. Right? Totally and so different. we would always go down to this little town, Tishomingo, Oklahoma, uh, and would stay uh, usually at this uh, oh, awful hotel. I think they actually – it wasn't even – I'm sorry. It was not a hotel. It was a mo. Tell as you motored into the uh, to the motel. I was going to say we went to that Tishomingo that one time, and there was only the motel. Yes, that was it. I think it's been torn down. Oh, I think well, it might have been replaced okay. by now. Um, <laughs> but we would always go to you know a cousin's house, uh, and it would be. I remember as you know a kid, it was it was just all of these uh, silver haired ladies, and there was a lot of uh, Jello molds and marshmallow. Uh, salad, ambrosia. right? Ambrosia, yeah, and uh, really, really good fried chicken, catfish, um, macaroni salad. But I mean, like, you know, that was that was what we did. I mean, yeah, it was no, just had, it was pierogies, it was uh, flounder parmesan <laughs> on Friday nights. If you nights. would have walked into Tishomingo and said, "Oh, here I brought you some pierogies," they would be what? I know. Right? But when I brought when I uh, I found that place in Rockville, Maryland, it's called the Kobasi Factory. If anybody's around there, they have the best selection of different kinds of kobasi. And kobasi is just Polish for sausage. So if you go in there and you go, "Hey, I want a kobasi," you have this ridiculous assortment and they actually had something really similar to what I had as a kid. So I snatched up a bunch of kobasi and I had made pierogi mm-hmm. and I took bags of the sausage and the pierogi with me to visit with my dad's, my father's side of the family, which is where all that stuff comes from, for Christmas. And that was my present to everybody. And they were like, oh, like bound down, oh, we're not worthy. <laughs> so yeah, everybody got homemade pierogi and that good kobasi. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping to emulate this. But so it's a good thing I stopped where I was in the process because fresh kobasi is just the seasonings and the meat. Smoked kibasi, mm-hmm. you have to add the cure, the pink salt. Uh-huh. Then you stuff it, and then you let it, like we do with the bacon and the ham, you have to let it dry for a little bit. Right. Then you let it dry for a little bit, 
and then, then you, you smoke, smoke it, it. Uh-huh. Low, like 105 110 degrees low oh wow yeah really low really low so it's almost like a sauna yeah that's gonna be this weekend okay so got the the meat in the cold storage right now mm-hmm. gotta get the ziploc bags for storage for whatever but yeah it should also be noted we have a bungee cord holding our freezer <laughs> closed well, okay because just the one freezer yeah, <laughs> because the it, it, it's like a ham explosion in our freezer, and the, the hams big. are yeah, they're huge. They're, they're the there's one that's like two feet long because he left <laughs> on the the big shank of the end. Um, big fresh hams, but our butcher vacuum packs them for me, labels them, and I've got them in the freezer. But they're odd shaped and. When they weren't quite frozen, things were moving around, and I opened up the freezer, and it it was a little tiny crack open, so there was snow and nothing. I was like, eek! So I wanted to make sure that we had a good solid cold, Yeah. and I bungeed it. Now, I did save out one ham, because it's now in the brine, so it's going to be for my big... You know, the 50th birthday party. The, the Zakuskas big- party. We got, I can't even pronounce that. We've got to come up with a better name for that. No, it's a Zakuskas party. Zakuskas. Zakuskas. Uh, I, I, I want to be invited. It's hey, Russian you want to come to a Zakuskas party? And they're How about say, just what? say it's a Russian tapas? Who's going to say, hey, let, you want to come to uh, Missy's birthday party? That'll work. That's what say, it is. Okay, that's what it is. With caviar and vodka, Russian and, style. And kielbasa. And kielbasa. And there'll be ham that I'm smoking. And I want to get, uh, I'm going to make pirishkis, which are kind of like a, um, they're like a pasty. Or a jerk pie, like there's every region has them. It's just a fried meat pie, mm-hmm. but we're we call them uh, pirishkis when I was a kid. You, you, I've made them for you. Yeah, and then some of the homemade pickles because pickles are a big Russian thing, and I've got a whole bunch of different pickles that I made this year between the beets and the cucumbers and uh, pickled tomatoes. So yeah, it's going to be. Uh, we're going to probably have to put cots out. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, because you didn't even talk about the vodka part of it. I mean, well, yeah, because right, I'm going to have a whole bunch of different types. Other part, yeah. And you drink vodka like a Russian. You drink it <laughs> a shot at a time. Mm-hmm. It cordial glass, like shoot, Nastrovia. Back. You know, the only nibble, I, nibble. I'm not. I'm not. By the way, I'm not trying to change your mind about the uh, the birthday party or anything that you just mentioned. I, I, but you got me when you said pickles. See, you got me thinking this is a birthday party, right? Mm. We need a cake. So we gotta have we gotta have a cake at some point. And well, I'm gonna have to do some research on that one because there's usually not like a dessert. It's all I know. It's warm and it's cold or hot savories. Mm-hmm. I can make myself a cake. I don't have a problem with that. I just have to figure <laughs> out what I want as a cake. That's all. Okay, I can make you a cake. No. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll make my own cake. Or I'll get uh, that lady I got the cupcakes for for the twins' birthday that Catherine brought to school. I'm gonna make you a cake now. That's going to be my present to you. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I'm, I'm going to just smile and nod because it reminds me of the first... I remember I made my dad a birthday cake one year and it was a chocolate cake with chocolate icing because my, my dad and I are like chocoholics, which is good because he used to run a cocoa factory. Right. right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a kid. I'm learning to bake and it you have to when you're baking a layer cake, you have to let the cake completely cool, and then you have to put a very thin coat of icing on called a crumb coat, and you have to let that sit. And then you put more icing on. Well, if you don't put on a crumb coat, you just start slathering icing on, then the crumbs get stuck to the icing, and then the crumbs get stuck to the icing, and the icing gets stuck to the crumbs, and the more you're icing it, the less like a cake it looks like, and the more it looks like a big old pile of cow poo. (laughs) And this is the cake that I gave to my father. And... 
thank God it tasted delicious. I was going to say, here's the thing, though. Like, it may look bad. No, it was delicious. But yeah. it looked like a big pile of cow. It's a, but, but, but see, you know what? Now, somewhere, someone would pay like $350. They would walk into a store and they would say, make me a cake that looks like cow poo and I'll pay you good money. I know, right? And Duff Goldman would say, all right, I accept that challenge. And well, you he, know, Yeah, but he would like make it harder and it would be like fondant and whatever. But this was just icing <laughs> and crumb problems and chocolate cake. So. Maybe I'll make you that. Uh, what's that? What's that? Uh, Dirt pudding stuff. We're gonna make you that yeah, with you some, some gummy worms and dirt cake. Yeah, that works. I think I could probably handle that. I think you could probably do that. I think that it's would just work like, just fine. Again, it's pudding and cake, pretty much, right? I was thinking of um, a ricotta tort with a dark chocolate ganache for myself, but you can do whatever you want. I could, I could pull that off. I think a ricotta tort and dark yeah. chocolate ganache. Yeah, absolutely. I have a recipe for it. You can try to follow it. I have all the tools. <laughs> Maybe you can make one, and then I'll make one. <laughs> Of a bake off. I'm gonna You're get my lose. ass kicked. <laughs> but whatever. That's all right. It's, 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 you tried. It's the effort we tell the kids, right? That's as right. As long as you try as hard as you can. That's right. Well, our oldest son is uh, starting to get interested in cooking now. So that's because he has to because he realized that eating out all the time costs a lot more money than just going to the grocery store and buying things to make the things that he eats. Yeah. Well, it's good that he learns that lesson early. Yes. I'm you know? glad he's learning it though. It's a good thing. He's asking me for recipes. I even sent him. Oh, so uh, we had a loot crate subscription. Mm-hmm. For the kids, and at one point, one of the boxes had an apron with the logo from some restaurant from Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. I had to have one of the other children who was older uh, to explain it to me. And since we had two of them, <laughs> we let the ten-year-old watch Breaking Bad. No, 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 we don't we, at all. That's why it wasn't like it wasn't that cool. They, they didn't need this thing. No, they're Breaking Bad. That must mean it's good, right? <laughs> Anyway, I don't know. So, Have fun, kids. So we had two of them, and uh, I had to send him down uh, a hard drive for for his brother. So I I, I put the the apron in there. I was like, well, I figure since you're cooking more, you, you'll need an apron. So I think later I'm going to go ahead and get him a good knife for Christmas. I think this year I'll get him a good knife. He got you a knife set a couple of years ago, so that would be that would be kind of sweet. He did. He got it. I mean, a whole rainbow colored knife set from Costco. Yep. The way he was working at the time, so I hope he's not listening. No, probably not. All right, we're going to take a another time out. You want to stick around for another segment? What are we going to talk about? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Right now, we have to. Uh, oh no, kids still have ten more minutes. All right. Well, we will take a, a quick time out. We'll figure out what it is that uh, we'll be discussing in the next segment here. After a quick break on Forty Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Forty Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards. On the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up today on Pat and Stew. The cost was estimated somewhere between $600 billion and $1.2 trillion. And you know it would go over budget. Oh, you know. That would be like $97 trillion. In 800 stories, who's going to buy all that space? Does Japan really need an 800-story building? I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt anybody does. No. You know who gets that done? Donald Trump. Pat and Stu. Weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Cam Edwards, Miss E, hanging out with me at the uh, kitchen table. Bullet is uh, laying on my foot, actually, uh, underneath my feet. He is where I am all day, and I work. I have my office set up back here with the dog's crates, and they will, they will just lay in their crates and snore, or... He lays across the paths where I have to walk over him. And when he's in the kitchen, he's blocking the doorway. So Right, he always lays in the doorway yeah. with his feet splayed out. And it looks so uncomfortable, but he loves it. It's it's weird. He's like, he's got the front flipper foot thing. Right. It's like his legs go out straight, and then he flips them back in such a way that he looks like he's a seal. I don't understand it. Bullet is, uh, by the way, very, very popular on uh, Instagram. You can follow me uh, at Cam Edwards, uh, and you can follow Miss E., uh, and the other farm adventures at uh, Corny Goat Farm on Instagram. And I do have to thank uh, my friend Liz Foley, who is uh, the South Texas NRA field rep. Um, I was out there in Austin a couple weeks ago, and Liz was just so nice. Uh, and so she gave me a little Texas gift bag. Uh, and in that Texas gift bag was a, a neckerchief for bullet, uh, the, the old Texas flag, the battle flag, the come and take it. And Liz... You will get that picture of Bullet in his neckerchief. The Once thing is, it's... We can tie it around his big neck. Right, that's the problem, is that his neck is so big that you can't really tell what it is when it's around his neck. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to actually it drape it over his side. No, I was like, we're going to drape it over his side as he's laying on the ground like a little <laughs> saddle blanket. I was thinking make it in a bow tie. <laughs> But we will get that picture, and uh, and I do just want to thank uh, Liz for that because that was really cool. Uh, my uh, youngest daughter is also hanging out under the kitchen table as well. Hi, youngest daughter. How are you? Good. Yeah. All right. Just uh, hanging out with the dog there, I hope? Yeah. Okay. That's good. I've never really seen her just hang out under the kitchen table before, so. It's because so we're here. I understand. I used to do that, actually, when I was a kid. We had a, uh, a dining room table that was the perfect like fort area for my G.I. Joe figures yeah, and for Matchbox cars. Oh, it was fantastic. We used to do that every once in a while. We'd drape uh, uh, sheets over the dining room table so the kids could use it as a fort. Oh, yeah. It would get yeah, really elaborate, too. When and they were uh, use the, the chairs would get involved. And I mean, uh, they'll still do it now in the winter when they can't get out of the house, they get stir crazy. All of my dining room <laughs> chairs will be in the family room, and all of the pillows from all of the couches will be, and it'll be like this gigantic pillow chair fort. And they can leave it up for days because I don't care. Right. So we just had a, uh, a special guest appearance by uh, my youngest daughter. Hello. Say say hello again one more time, youngest daughter. Hello. Hello. And then my youngest son would like to make a cameo appearance as well here on 40 Acres and a Fool. How are you, youngest son? Good. All right. I tell you what. Why don't you talk into this microphone right here. You have you, you like trivia, right? Yeah. I think it's fair to say you like trivia. Yep. So you have a little bit of trivia that you would like to share? Mm-hmm. Okay, lay it on us. Uh, in China, never suck on your chopsticks. Really? And in Poland, don't drink everything in your glass if you haven't intended getting a refill. In Poland, don't drink everything if you want a refill? If what? you don't want a refill. If you don't want so a refill. So if you drain your glass, that means you they're just going to keep filling you up. Oh, I would like that, I think. All right, anything else? Any, anything else? Any other uh, travel tips? And in... Arab countries don't sit so that the sole of your shoe, the lowest and dirtiest place on your body, is pointing at someone. That's, oh. that's actually a good idea. 
I try not to. If we're sitting, I try not to have my my bottoms of my feet facing in someone's general direction. Yeah. Mostly because they're dirty. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that trivia. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Maybe we can do this again next week. Okay. All right. In the meantime, you, you want to say anything else? Looked like you were leaning in to say something. No? Okay. <laughs> All right. I love you, buddy. I'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> what do you... What you couldn't see was that he just he leaned in, opened his mouth like like just pearls of wisdom were gonna just like pour out and then just you ran nah, off. never mind. Yep. <laughs> nah. Left the room. Gone. <laughs> he had his two seconds of fame. Right. He's fine. <laughs> Ouch. All right, so uh hang on one second here. I think we I, I think we're losing our train of thought uh with all of the distractions. You invited all I, I I well, I know. I invited all the oh, distractions. Oh, so okay, but. so next up though after we do the sausage? Yes. Bellies. Pork bellies. Uh, pork bellies because this time I did ask for the jowls so we can make the 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 face jowl bacon. yeah, face bacon. <laughs> Sounds so bad. I know. I don't care. And then Sounds like something that a Hannibal Lecter would Oh, Clarice, you haven't lived until you've had face bacon okay, with an ice key, yeah, auntie. But whatever. Uh, so anyway, I'm looking forward to trying this out because these were... Oh, hang on. I'm sorry. You have to hogs. turn the microphone oh, sorry. back again. These are the leaner hogs. These are the Tamworth Berkshire mixes. So this is bacon that should be more meaty and not so fatty. Mm-hmm. But we love the AG bacon. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that we still love this kind of bacon. I think we will. But the people, the lady that I made the bacon in the ham, the, the butchering workshop that I went to. Right. She was OMG. <laughs> that was her reaction and her response. To the bacon. Oh, my husband and I just had some of this, and now I know why people call this stuff bacon crack. You are the you are the queen of ham and bacon. <laughs> and then she posted. She I posted the picture of the ham that we did over that I smoked over the weekend. That's her ham. That's mm-hmm. her last ham. That's gonna be my Christmas ham, and my mouth is watering all the way from Australia. So wow, yeah. So. Nice. You are you are getting a a a bit of a reputation for your bacon making prowess. Bacon, bacon and hams, I'm pretty happy with the sausages. It's just a learning curve. I got to worry about how to cook them better and and the right amount of not too much fat. But my new frontier is going to be the charcuterie. I want to learn how to make the, the the dried and the cured, the soprasetto, the salume, all those things. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be. The next thing, but that's going to require uh, another fridge. Like you have to have a meat <laughs> aging cave, like you have a cheese aging cave. That's why I'm going to wait till the children actually move out of the house, and then the, the room above us will be our study <laughs> slash meat cheese processing area. Yeah, uh, so it was stranger to walk. I don't know why a stranger would walk into the house, but I just you know walk upstairs. No, why do you have four refrigerators in an upstairs bedroom area? I don't understand this. Because this but. is my cheese cave and this is my meat cave. It's and we could have a wine cooler up there too. It'd be perfectly acceptable if it was a big old wine fridge, right? I suppose. So yeah. This is the, I need. I need one for aging cheeses because it has to be kept at a certain temperature and moisture thing. And it's the same thing with the meats, but you can't have them <sighs> the same thing because they both have certain sorts of fermenting that can go on mm-hmm. and you don't want the molds to cross because then you could ruin everything. Yeah. Yeah. My idea is that we actually need a home studio before we need a cheese cavey meat lockery kind of room here because clearly as you can hear with the dogs wandering in and out and our children having discussions in the other room, 
This is when they're all gone, and they, there's three other bedrooms. I mean, there's there's three bedrooms to choose from. Our youngest kids are, are 10. It's going to be a while before they're all gone. I hate to, I hate to tell this to you. Well, then I will just but, have to uh, organize my office dining room area so I can fit more refrigerators because it's going to have to happen. I want, to be a, I want us to be more self-sufficient. I mean, seriously, we keep talking about this whole got to be ready, mm-hmm. got to be prepared, and I am not going gently into that good night without a good piece of salami. <laughs> and that sounded so dirty, didn't it? That's it, it not what kinda, I meant it to I be. kind of did. I, uh, well, wow. Sorry. I didn't mean to do that at all. I went to say I was not going to go <laughs> live my life without being able to have access to really yummy Meat. charcuterie. <laughs> all right. And, uh, and, and since I have the hogs to do it, why not? Yeah, no. Listen, I, I'm not opposed to this. I, I all I am, all I am, I'm not even, I'm not even opposed to it. I'm just noting that um, you know refrigerators take up space. Yes. Which we don't have a lot of. I guess we need to get rid of some the, books. In the oh. <laughs> I went there. Why would you? <laughs> why would you say such a thing? Because I'm just echoing what you've already. Said to well, I want to get rid of some books. I wouldn't say I want to get rid of any of mine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but there are some books that we could get rid of. But they're in the front hall. I mean, they're in the hall. They're not even in a room anywhere. We don't. So it's not like you could put a refrigerator about? where the bookcases are oh, upstairs, I see. right? You're right? So no, they always have to have books in the bookcases. I'm saying you know, that's fine. <laughs> but so maybe what we need to do is we need to. Uh, Maybe get a, a little cabin, you know, one of those portable buildings or whatever, and we do drywall. We can insulate it, run power to it, and use that. Right now, that's still going to cost some money. So, what if, what if we like made a pledge that you know, the the uh, the, the first proceeds from uh, the sales of heavy lifting that that you know came to me anyway would be used to buy refrigerators and a portable building so that in the spring of 2016, uh, when our processing guy hopefully gets USDA certified, that we will use the proceeds to purchase more hogs, to make more bacon, to bring to the people. Would that, would that work, you think? Yeah, that'll work. But I'm... But <laughs> it will. Yeah. Well, we, uh, that'll we do, pig. About, but we, that'll no, but do. we talked about getting one of those little outbuildings for you to have like your own office. I suppose if we get it big enough, we can throw some fridges in your. Well, office. I would say, I would say, you know, again, the the first priority would be if you, you know, to to, to actually have the space to do more of this stuff. I just need it's just refrigeration space, so really, it's still space. But, but I mean, all, like, but all of these, all of our children have their own bedroom, and they have. They have rather large bedrooms, and some of the space isn't being really wisely utilized. So I could just stick a little, like a, a normal size fridge right next to a dresser, and they would never know that I had a fridge in there. <laughs> we'll paint it with chalkboard paint, or and they could draw on it, or mag, you know, put decorate it with magnets. They, they, exactly, it could just be another piece of. And they'll be like, "Why do you have a fridge in your room?" When their friends come over, and they're like, oh, my mom makes her own cheese. My mom makes her own <laughs> sausage. My mom is curing bacon. I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. So they'll be right. So the kid, the, the, their friends would be like, oh, cool. Your mom lets you have a refrigerator in your room. Do you have soda in there? And then open it up and be like, ah, it's jowls. Pecan! 
kids. Right. Ah! <laughs> For the record, I don't. I let the bushes. You don't have the, the yeah. No, no. I, that whole part. Is, I, I, yeah, just the gels for the bacon. Everything else. Woo. I know my food had a face. I don't necessarily want it back. Right. So. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's 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 a thought. I suppose but we, have we our could. Plans. I suppose we could start with like a little mini fridge thing for well, a cheesecake, right? Right, really. You would only need like an 18 bottle wine fridge for a, che- a decent sized cheesecake, to be honest. And then that's another, in, in any of our kids' room, that's just another flat surface for them to put crap on, so it wouldn't be a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Great. Another flat surface for our kids to put stuff on. Oh, look around the house. Oh, We trust are me. all guilty of the flat space problem. This is, I'm glad this is audio only. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, right. uh, Better Homes and Garden would uh, come in here and go, oh, this is not, this a, better is not a better home. And we and wouldn't let garden. them see the no, garden at this not, point. <laughs> not, not now. No. No one's allowed in the garden. Between the tomato blight and the killer weeds, that, yeah. Yeah, I know. But uh, I don't you know even what? like the garden anymore. It's after I just, I, I, I just <laughs> go down. I ignore I, I don't like you. You're mean to me, and I just take my tomatoes and leave. Kind of makes you, kind of makes you angry. You don't look up. You don't look around. Just, I do. I don't. Just I getting just, my tomatoes, and I'm I'm gone. So disgusted with you. You just died in places, and you blew up in weeds in other spaces. You just didn't cooperate. Then you all my tomatoes have blight. The peppers are just like, what? What did we do to deserve this? <laughs> and I don't even know what's going on in the potato beds. I need to get a forklift. Uh, uh, just a just a pitchfork. A pitchfork out yeah. there. And forklift would probably be a yeah, little that'd be a little overkill. Probably yeah. you'd squish the tomatoes, too, if you weren't careful. At this point, I could run them all over and just ground them up and into the ground. I can't do anything with it. That's the problem. It's like all of the garden right now is pretty much tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Most of the garden is tomatoes that are all blighted. Right. I can't use any of that for the next two years. No, I know. That's why we're talking about moving the garden. Yeah, we're going to move it. We're going to roll it on under and do something else. But I can't use any of that for tomatoes next year. And I that's know. the thing I love to grow. I know. I know. So, yeah. This is, uh, is that a first world problem or is that just actually like a universal problem? It's a tomato me? growing problem. Like there the tomato go. blight thing, like I saw a lot of other farmer people that I follow on Instagram were all having blight problems. Yeah. And in this part of the world, it's because we had way too much wet and then humid mm-hmm. and then it just poof, took off. Yeah. All right. Listen, I appreciate you uh, hanging out with us. Sorry we uh, ended up talking about the depressing garden. Oh, it's all right. It'll be better next year. I say that every year. This year actually sucked in comparison to last year. <laughs> Although I have to say, like, the, the beginning we had we had uh, red and white and yellow onions yeah, I that I say, still I have this in is storage. A pretty crummy. We had, like, six or seven different kinds of beets that we roasted and pickled and ate. We had... I don't know how many carrots, and I have sacks of carrots in the mm-hmm. freezer, and I made cucumbers? that really yum- oh, and cu- pickles. We had some cucumbers that I made pickles out of, and like I said, we still have the hot peppers and the sweet peppers coming up. It's just that the parts that we didn't use just exploded with this oompa loompa land of crazy three foot tall weedness, and you're like, why is this happening? And then the tomato blight, so it's just the ugliest garden ever. Well, let me help you out with that. I'm just gonna flamethrow the let whole me, thing. Let, you just need to think of. You just need to change your perspective. It's not that you had weeds. It's not that you had crazy three foot tall Cover, Oompa Loompa weeds. Crops. 
It was absolutely. It was just a wildflower garden. It was at that point. It was a wildflower garden. There and are the, some pretty blossoms down there. And the there. butterfly. That's what I'm saying. The butterflies liked, liked it. There were pollinators all summer long. Yes, that is true. So we had a lot of bees and and that, and that probably helped with. The, we're still we still have tomatoes. What's crazy is the bottoms of them are dying from blight, mm-hmm. but the tops because we have indeterminates, which means they keep growing. The tops just keep spilling out the sides with new growth. So as many of the things that I'm picking off that are dying, I still have a lot. And the the most, my most favorite, the sun golds, they're still going strong. We have lots of new growth. Good, yeah. good. I hope they keep going because they're uh, they're delicious. They're my favorites. All right, we need to take a uh, final time out here. One more segment. Uh, time for me to uh, <coughs> kick the kids off the electronic devices. <laughs> Bullet is licking my toes. <laughs> <laughs> Bullet. Uh, That's a weird dog. Uh, All right. When we come back, we'll uh, get to some of your thoughts. The email address, as always, is 40acrefool at gmail.com. That's 40acrefool at gmail.com. Back at the kitchen table after this quick time out here on 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. This is really difficult for Hillary. Hillary and Bill, they are in a situation they are not used to. See, they used to automatically get a pass from these progressive groups that are based on race, things like Black Lives Matter. They were already the candidates because they were the extremists. Now somebody has out-extremed them, and they got to get in there and fight for their vote. I mean, this is a perfect spectacle of what America has become. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool. Here from the Blaze Radio Network. Pardon the uh, clanging around in the uh, kitchen. Right before we uh, started here, youngest son just said, Mom, I dropped a cupcake on the remote. This is my house, uh, and uh, we're going to have to make this a short segment because tomorrow is school picture day for my uh, 15-year-old son, and uh, he needs a uh, shirt uh, washed for picture day. And uh, the kitchen table is located about uh, three feet, maybe, from the washer unit, so we can't uh, can't start laundry until the podcast is over unfortunately so uh we will get to uh, to your uh, mail uh next week if you uh, don't mind i apologize for the uh inconvenience the email address is as always 40 acre fool at uh, gmail.com that is four zero acre fool at gmail.com would love to hear uh how your garden continues to grow i know that uh many of you are are likely having a better luck uh, then, uh, we are, although again, I mean, we're still getting some tomatoes, but, uh, talked with my friend Jimmy down in Farmville last week, his tomatoes, he planted late. So his tomatoes are just starting to come in now. And, uh, uh, he's also getting a lot of peppers that, uh, he's willing to donate to the cause of, uh, making hot sauce here at the house. So I appreciate, uh, uh Jimmy's offer there, but, uh, you know, a lot of folks I, uh, I talked to, 
their tomatoes, yeah, they're not doing too well. The uh, the gardens are starting to peter out. It is that time of year. We had a couple of volunteer pumpkins that were growing where the uh, uh, the hogs were last fall, but uh, they didn't get to be too big. Actually, they were uh, probably. I don't know, a little bit bigger than a softball, and uh, and then the stems broke off. We do have several more growing in the compost pile right now, just sort of random pumpkins that uh, that ended up sprouting there. So they're and they're doing quite well. So I'm curious to see how big the uh, the compost pumpkins get. But uh, they're about the the uh, only thing that's really going gangbusters uh, at this point, as far as the garden goes. So. Hopefully uh, yours is doing better, but it is getting to that time of year. Soon the uh, State Fair of Virginia will be upon us, and the Five-County Fair in Farmville, Virginia will be here. We've got the Friends of NRA Dinner coming up in Farmville on uh, September 26th, the Heart of Virginia Friends of NRA Dinner. If you are in the uh, Central Virginia area, tickets are still available. It's going to be a lot of fun. It always is. And, uh, you know, if you're not in the Central Virginia area, be sure to check out uh, friendsofnra.org. There is uh, a friend's dinner somewhere near you uh, sometime in the near future or uh, hopefully not in the not-too-distant past. But uh, uh, there's there's some friend's dinner that you can attend uh, in your neck of the woods before long, I guarantee, because they are uh, being held all the time. And they're just great ways to uh, meet your fellow NRA members, fellow gun owners, and, and support the uh, local shooting sports right there in your area because you know half the money that is raised there at your friend's dinner uh stays in your state goes to grants to groups like the boy scouts and the 4-H shooting sports program uh local law enforcement local ranges uh and uh and it's really now you know this is the time of year where a lot of uh, dinners are being held so uh, check out friends of nra.org i should also tell you uh and remind you to check out uh nra news org. You know, we are uh, revamping the website. We've got a uh, a lot of new programs or programs that have been on uh, other uh, web channels that are coming to NRA News. And, uh, you know, we're talking everything from Noir to Defending Our America uh, to uh, uh, great programs like I Am Forever. Uh, so if you haven't been to NRANews.com lately, and I I don't know why that would be the case, because hopefully you're listening to the NRA News Cam and coming each and every weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, be sure to check out nranews.com. There's a lot of new stuff there as well. And thank you again for being a part of this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. We're going to wrap things up, but uh, uh, we will be back with you next week with another new program. I think it's time to take the dogs out. They're wandering around here, clicking, clicking. You can hear the nails on the uh, floor. So, yes, it's probably time for me to go walk a dog. Have yourself a fantastic week. Be safe. Have fun. Live a little, learn a lot, and uh, we'll talk to you here soon on another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.